folks when we uh, read quran in our own language we can see there is no punishment for apostasy or blasphemy in quran there there are over 20 ayahs which talk about changing faith or having a hypocritic faith uh, where uh, muslims uh, they in early islam converted to islam but in the heart Uh, they were not real muslims so there are ayat which says god no god knows or allah knows what is in your heart and anybody who is not a true muslim will uh, have, will burn in hell fire so this is a standard uh, punishment which every god or every prophet or every uh, religion has that they threat people for punishments after death uh they don't start punishing people here in this life there is no ayah in quran which says you have to harass terrorize or kill kill people if they change faith or if they say anything about any holy deity but the real uh, uh, concept of quran has been totally violated by the arabs starting from 11th century and uh, uh, now in 20th century we see uh, mullahs taking control of everybody's life and threatening them to be called apostates and blasphemers and kill them as i said uh, in quran Uh, in all 20 ayahs or 20 plus ayahs there is no mention of punishing meant here in this world instead there are more than 100 plus verses which encourage peace freedom of conscience and religious tolerance there is one very famous ayah verse 2 ayah 2 verse 256 so the um uh, surah bakara um verse 256 quran says there is no coercion in religion that's a very powerful ayah where god says your religion is your religion and mine is mine and there is no uh, problem in coexisting then we uh, also hear the uh, we if we read the ayat in chapter 4 verse 140 the ayah urges muslim to simply leave blasphemous conversations when you hear the word hear the verses of god being rejected and mocked do not sit with them it does not say start beating them harassing them or killing them whether they are muslims or non muslims then we if we look uh, in, in the modern times the uh, well researched articles which are printed in almost every publication uh, newspaper like dawn and which give you well researched details that blasphemy or apostrophe was not a serious crime throughout muslim history in not even one muslim or non muslim was ever jailed or killed 
on this petty issue. And even if anyone was blamed, it was due to personal animosity. In early Islam, we do see that Arab tribal leaders thought that if we allow freedom of faith in Islam, then many will leave us. So they created some addicts through the mullahs they have around saying that whoever changes faith will be killed and they disallowed this freedom of faith which was allowed throughout human history. Even then there was no harsh payment, a harsh punishment because to prove someone has left Islam was almost impossible. Just by word or mouth, word of mouth or someone else reporting about it was not enough. Today we have mullahs and corrupts harassing Muslims and even secular Muslims are being called apostates and blasphemers and jailed. In countries like Saudi Arabia it is even worse. They jailed a person who said something positive about secularism and they put him in jail and lashed him thousand times. I mean this is the worst of barbarism one can see in today's time. Even one Saudi minister in an interview with a Western agency said that secularism is actually terrorism. What a joke. Secularism is all about respecting all faiths and giving, giving them equal opportunity to propagate and live their life whatever they feel like. It is not against Islam, it's not against Christianity, it's not against Judaism. But we see historically the kings, they use this, this kind of laws to harass the opponents and that is what is being done in Saudi Arabia and even in Pakistan. In Pakistan, the military mullah nexus create this issue every now and then, particularly when the, there is a civilian government in power to blackmail them because the black Islamic laws have empowered mullahs who have become bloodhounds and are no more human beings. Today, mullahs have put Muhammad on the higher pedestal than Allah. Muhammad was not even revered and supported even when he was alive. He was used by the tribal leaders and then left to die. When he fell ill, no one came to visit him. He died alone and was left for three days unattended in the Arab desert. The Islamic 
rule says that the person should be buried within 24 hours but he was left for more than 60 hours and no one dared to bury him because the powerful associates were not there. And according to history written by Arabs, when he asked to send someone so he can dictate his will, the Caliph Omar said he has lost his mind. Quran is enough for us. The four Caliphs harassed even his family. His cousin Ali, who buried him, was a candidate for caliphate, but no one paid any attention as he was only 27 years old and had no political backing and experience of leadership. He decided not to accept Abu Bakr as caliph and he had a fight with Omar and few people who broke the door of his house in which his wife, the daughter of Muhammad, Fatima, got injured and later died. Even a small garden given to her by, by Muhammad was taken away. So we can see that biggest blasphemers, if any, were the four early caliphs, the Umayyads, the Abbasids, who did not care about Muhammad. Uh, reading Arab history can very clearly tell us that no associate of Muhammad bothered to document anything about such a great person for five generations, almost a hundred years. We saw one document, the first document created by Ibn Ishaq called Siratul Nabi, which was written because the Abbasids uh, supported that guy and the cousin of Muhammad Ali's family, Umayyads, were in no love of Muhammad. The reason they started loving Muhammad during Abbasid time was that it was getting hard and hard for the people of the conquered land to accept Quran and Abbasids because they were in very short numbers, about 500 people ruling almost 10 million inhabitants. So a new Muhammad was created through Hadith after 12 generations. We see a period of 150 years of Abbasid rule where we have all the famous hadith created, we have all the four fiqhs created and numerous more fiqhs were created uh, supporting uh, the ideology of early Islam, uh, praising Muhammad for what he did. But the main purpose of all that and the Sharia system was to enable Abbasis continue their power, their hereditary power, like kingship, where nobody can challenge them, and the ruler, the caliphate, has the absolute control on administration, on judiciary, and in anything 
they have an issue at that time. Interestingly, the most of these uh, hadiths and fiqh and uh, uh, rules regarding the caliphate and the way the people should uh, do their daily chores was mainly done by non-Arabs, Iranians and Central Asians who learned Arabic because they had no power in government. Uh, Abbasid being very racist, same like Umayyads, were in no mood of working hard. So they let, they let these Iranians and Central Asians work for them and they created the Sharia law, they created the uh, fiqhs and they created the rules which helped them. And all those Imams of Fiqh and the writer of uh, Hadith and other books were basically the Mullahs under uh, Caliph's patronage. They were like uh, running a madarsa or some kind of institution and they were heading it and their main job was to make sure that Caliph is not challenged and his rule continues. They were not allowed to dissent from official policies and if anyone did that, they were harassed or even killed by the uh, armed men of Caliph. That is why Sharia laws are absolute racist, anti-women, anti-minorities, where Caliph has all the administrative, judicial, legislative and military control. This helped them continue their power for 300 years. During the same time, because of the racist policies of Abbasids, new threats started propping up in the form of new way of Islam. The different sects propped up, the Shia uh, established their uh, faith which was totally against Sunni and then the Sufis who basically were started in supports with Shias, they spread all over the Middle East and later they even came to Asia, South Asia and Minor Asia and where they established their empires which were totally against the basic ethics of Islam. Sufism is actually 180 degree than what Muhammad said and what Quran says. Uh, the Sufism, particularly the idea of Wahidatul Wujud and other philosophical uh, inductions are not what Islam says or any monotheist religion says. The Abraham said the God talked to him or came in his dream. Moses said the God came and we met together. The Jesus says the God can talk to anybody. So he liberalized Judaism. And Islam says the gods can only talk to through angels and only to Muhammad. So although they restricted the access of God to humans, the Sufis, uh, they started the philosophy which tells people that you are part of God 
and if you have godly qualities you are the god that is the idea of wahdatul wujud means we are from the same origin and we can be the origin if we have those qualities means we follow sharia law which they have different definition as well and we are very kind and we have no worldly needs which is actually a hindu philosophy and all that mixed into a new religion after uh, liberation from abbasid islam we see that uh, shias got strengthened in iran and central asia byzantine muslims started their expansion became muslim and started expansion and mongols who were actually passing by to attack europe were enraged by abbasid caliph the shias and sufis invited mongols and abbasid caliphate crumbled like a sand dune the mongols annihilated abbasid caliphate and the sharia quran or hadith could do nothing new converted muslims emerging from turkey totally took control of middle east and shia liberated them their lands from arab arrogance and useless humiliation humiliation of non arabs turkish ottoman empire based on sufism is a, was a clear denial of orthodox islam which triumphed in middle east india and south asia and went on to even spread islam in indonesia and far east the orthodox and fundamentalist islam totally vanished from muslim world and a more humane and much better islam spread all over the world the radical mullahs were also responsible for arab defeats in spain where they were thrown out after 700 years of reasonably good administration secular system which was uh, partly uh, supportive of christians and jews and they were part of the uh, arab government this enriched that part of europe in literature architecture philosophy art and sciences and started european enlightenment but arabs never moved forward the sufism which eliminated the orthodox islam totally could not change itself for changing time and the muslims started lagging behind and behind to an extent that they became burden on each other by 17th century the muslim downward trend accelerated during same time we saw the emergence of nation states in europe and they when they came out they took control of whole of middle east in no time they took over india with just 300 soldiers in a period of about 30 to 40 years because the muslims particularly sufis they were only fighting and killing each other particularly during the time of aurangzeb it totally destroyed the arab control on india 
and decimated the Muslim rule. The British had very easy time taking control of that land which was actually a mix of hundreds of kings and nawabs and other corrupts who were half liberated from Mongols and then some of the uh, Hindu states like Marathas and others were also just fighting. So British being a smart nation and great politician had very little uh, problem uh, taking over the India. And we saw the Ottomans because of the backwardness of Sufism became sick men of Europe and and in about hundred years the Arabs backstabbed them hoping they will be free. After First World War where Ottomans were defeated because of the Arab backstabbing. The Arabs hoped they will get some freedom and these powers who have come to defeat Ottomans will hand over the control to them. That hope never happened and most part of the Ottoman Empire was divided between colonial powers. So we see that Islam and the Islamic laws, no matter in what form, only harm the nations. When you give the control of the destiny of a nation in some Islamic hooligans, mullahs, who are used by corrupts and made them all sick. The Sufi mullahs, whenever they get chance, they always support the ruler. So when uh, the British took over India, the Sufis here also supported them. They worked with them as long as, and the British did not bother them because all they wanted is the control of the country and the rule of law. And the mullahs always historically, they only care about personal gains. Even today in Pakistan, although radical Islam has become a problem because of the stupidity of Zia, who sold the country to Arab politics for free, the Sufis also are not helping. They control vast part of wealth, land, factories, even have infiltrated in military. And their hankas and their vast possession of land uh, through mischievous and uh, mostly uh, illegal occupation of land can be seen all over Pakistan, whether Punjab or whether Sindh, even some part of Balochistan. And the people of Pakistan don't know what to do. Most of the idiot intellectuals, instead of getting out of 
religious religious stupidity and proposing and creating the secular culture which was the vision of qaidazam still talk about islam's renaissance where all pakistanis will go back to become good arab dogs we have seen this recently as well when prime minister imran khan was trashed by saudi crown prince this is the country which the muslims of india and pakistan have always helped them, them they were beggars back then and they used to help them in whatever way possible but today they are so arrogant and so racist that they even do not say anything for any good about pakistan they declined to do anything on kashmir which was illegally occupied by indian government they instead started doing large scale investment in that country and they they are even not allowing pakistan to present its case in oic oic is a very inept organization has no uh, has no power or no control over world politics but even that uh, ceremonial things which could help uh, strengthen pakistan propaganda is not being allowed by saudis because they think the kashmiri blood has no importance if two people die in palestine the pakistan the whole of pakistan uh, raised their voice more than 100000 kashmiris have died and we don't see even a single voice of any arab or any arab leader they don't care if non non arab dies they only care if the arab dies so if we continue uh, supporting saudi arabia we will be we will go back to the 7th century and we will be called good arab dogs god bless